Well, hello, and welcome to Sips and Sensibility, a podcast where three best friends from college talk about Jane Austen adaptations. This season, we're discussing persuasion. I'm Julia. I'm Beth. And I'm Lori. Today, we're discussing the 2007 Persuasion film. You can watch it with a BritBox subscription or with a Passion Flick subscription on Amazon. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Pod and give us a like on Facebook. Also, please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really helps us out and we love to hear your thoughts. So ladies, it is time our first persuasion adaptation of the season. But before we can talk about that, I gotta know what you sipping. Well, tonight I am sipping on another one of my Trader Joe's wines. And this one has a touch of something really special in it. Ooh. Any, any guesses? Cinnamon? Should I be scared? Is there carbonation? <gasps> you guys both, you both were close. You both guessed words what? that start with the letter C. <laughs> I was like, how could we both have been close? That was so different. <laughs> My wine has a lot of cork in it. Oh, oh no. Gosh. <laughs> so I don't exactly know what happened when Ben was opening this bottle of wine, but <laughs> there are like so many flakes of cork. It looks like it has gold flecks in it. Well, at least it'll make you feel a little oh, bougie. No. I would be lying if I said that hadn't happened to me before. Uh, the first wine bottle that I bought after Austin and I got married, uh, we did not have a bottle opener. Uh, so I was like trying to dig it out and uh, did not go well for me. So I learned my lesson there. That's so funny. <laughs> well, this is a 2019 Saltram Shiraz. Ooh. And it is, okay. well, you know what? I'll, I'll withhold my judgment. Mm. Just know it has some some bonus pieces of cork in it. <laughs> yeah, keep us in suspense a little bit. <laughs> I will, I will. All right. Well, what about you, Lori? Well, um, it's been a rough health, rough health week here in the Lori household. Um, so currently, I'm sipping on Waterloo sparkling water. Any guesses to the flavor? Ooh, uh, could it possibly um, be black cherry? Black cherry. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> the only thing I drink. Um, yes, I am on a no alcohol kick right now because there are pain meds flowing through my mm. body to keep me afloat until Friday. Mm. My dentist, uh, I got a crown. Spoiler alert to the audience i think i've said this but i have tmj and a lot of other pain problems but i got a crown which means my night guard doesn't fit which means i'm grinding all the time so the past two weeks have been really painful and this week even more so and on monday it gets fixed i just have to survive work one more day (laughs) And then I can, can rest. Do it. <laughs> oh, that's tough. Um, I actually just got some physical therapy exercises for my TMJ, so I can uh, shoot I will shoot them over later. to you. 
What are you sipping on, Julia? So tonight, I am sipping on a drink I got from a local coffee shop. It is a dirty chai, iced dirty chai. I should clarify, it is the summer and I'm not a heathen, so I'm taking my drinks iced. Um, (laughs) But in case y'all didn't know, a dirty chai is a chai latte with shots of espresso in it, just to add a little extra, extra something. Uh, That's what I have tonight, and I'll definitely be sure to let y'all know how it is. I'm a big fan of a dirty chai as well. Really, really cannot recommend enough. Well, speaking of recommendations. Oh, what a transition. Wow. Wow. What did you guys think of the 2007 Persuasion? There's some thoughts. Oh, I have feelings and emotions. That was. And they're all kind of all over the place. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have feelings and emotions as well. Um, I feel like my (laughs) feelings and emotions are similar to the way I felt about the 95 Pride and Prejudice uh, Mm. in that there are quite a few moments that happen on screen that are just directly taken from the book, which we love to see that. Chef's kiss. Personally, I know we like to talk about the vibe here. I felt that Mm. the vibe of this film was different from the vibe that I read into the book. I talked a lot in the first episode about how I love the comedic aspects of this book. And this really leaned into that drama. And I felt like we lost some of the comedy. For instance, Mr. Elliot, very intense, very vain, almost scary. Um, You could read him that way, I suppose, I read him as more of a ridiculous vein, but he was definitely scary. So I just felt like this was a little intense. And while there were moments that were taken directly from the books, and I did appreciate that, they also, because of the time limit of the film, had to kind of like squish some stuff together. Uh, so I didn't love those changes. That's interesting. I think I felt similarly. I I do like this film and having now seen some other Pride and or excuse me, having now seen some other persuasion adaptations, this one seems to be the most capturing of the spirit of the book to me. But that by no means means that I think that it is a good adaptation. (laughs) Uh, There are parts of it that I like. I like the chemistry between Anne and Wentworth. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, I felt like it was lacking in a lot of areas, particularly at the end which I think we'll get to you. Um, but that was just, I don't know. It's, it was a tough one for me. I think you're right. I think they lost a lot of the comedy. It just didn't come through. It didn't translate. I also felt like the editing was a little bit weird at some points. Yeah. It was a TV movie, I believe. So I could tell that maybe mm-hmm. the budget wasn't quite where they wanted it to be. Particularly in one scene, there's just an interesting choice that was made. Captain Wentworth and Anne are standing very close together uh, in a shop in the rain. Uh, They've come out of the rain into a shop, excuse me. And Captain Wentworth is significantly taller than Anne in this adaptation. So the shot has half of his head cut off pretty much. And it's just super closely zoomed in and I think it's to get like the intimacy of the moment and everything but I just didn't love that they were cutting off half of his head like it felt like it was an accident almost yeah and they're very into the hands camera Mm. yeah and so there were a lot of like very bumpy shots Mm -hmm. 
like I guess they were trying to give us the effect or like really strange camera angles mm. that I didn't like. And Ben kept saying he felt motion sick. Mm. Maybe <laughs> there is a chance he was being a, a chance he was being a tad dramatic. But <laughs> while we were watching it, he, he just kept going, oh, I feel motion sick. I can't watch this. Also, just as a side note, occasionally characters would, especially Anne and at one point Captain Wentworth, would look and I could never tell if it was directly at the camera or just to the side of the camera. Yes. And I yes. thought that was such a weird choice for this particular adaptation. I, yeah, I agree. I think they are trying between this and the diary entries. I think what they were trying to do was like get you into Anne's head and mm-hmm. kind of like the book, you know, we're living in basically through Anne's eyes. Mm -hmm. That's what they were trying to do with the almost breaking the fourth wall and the diary entries. But I just, I thought it was weird and didn't work very well. Mm -hmm. I agree. It was interesting. And I think that overall people like mainly agreed with us (laughs) as three and a half stars on Amazon has a seven out of 10 stars on IMDb and it has an 80% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like overall, it seems like people liked it okay, but it wasn't anyone's favorite mm-hmm. movie. I think that's probably like a fair to say that most people were just like a a C average. That's how they felt about it. I will also say that I think if the budget had been better and they had had better editing and better music, better cinematography mayhaps, I probably would have liked it a little bit more. That's just... Mm a note you know a bigger budget might have made this better just wait till you watch the 95 version guys <laughs> Ooh, that's ominous <laughs> okay so without further ado i believe it is that time ladies and gentlemen for us to go ahead and dive into our lovely Anne and our dashing captain frederick wentworth Sally Hawkins portrayed Anne Elliot. Sally Hawkins has been in quite a few notable films. One coming up that I found very interesting is a movie musical coming out about Willy Wonka. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is actually going going to be our Wonka. So that's interesting. I'm pretty sure that's a fan cast. So the people doing it again. Sally Hawkins has also portrayed Dr. Vivian Graham in Godzilla. Uh, She was in the Paddington series, the world-renowned Paddington series, as Mary Brown. Uh, The Shape of Water, she played Elisa Esposito in The Hollow Crown. She played Eleanor. Uh, And so she's been in quite a few films, Uh, even the 2011 Jane Eyre as Mrs. Reed. So Sally Hawkins has been in quite a few films, uh, very notable films indeed. What did you all think of Sally Hawkins' portrayal of Anne Elliot in this adaptation of Persuasion? I personally feel like Sally Hawkins is a better actress than we saw mm. in this adaptation. I think that we... <laughs> I didn't think that she was like super bad or anything. I just felt like we didn't get the depth to Anne that I would have liked to have seen. And I totally get it. It's really hard to adapt because there's so much that's inside Anne's head. 
It's a very challenging, I'm sure, but I would have liked to have seen more depth to that character. Um, I did feel like it was just a lot of like a blank face mm-hmm. kind of moments and we didn't really see as much of the emotion that would have, I think, helped the audience to understand what was going on. I I feel like I, I agree with you, Beth. I think Sally Hawkins did some things really well. Uh, the tension and chemistry with Captain Wentworth, I thought she did a great job with. Uh, there were specific moments where she was portraying that like heartbreaking longing that I thought were really impactful in the final scene where she, or one of the final scenes when she and Captain Frederick Wentworth are finally telling each other they love each other. There's like a single tear that comes from one side of her eye and it's just, oh, it's a really beautiful moment. I will say, and I think this was most likely a director choice. I didn't love the way they characterized Anne. She seemed, I don't know how to say this. I feel like this is going to come across as a little harsh, but this is the best way that I can think to describe it. She seemed like a ghostly chihuahua for quite a bit of the movie to me. There was a lot, a lot of shaking and nervousness that I think that was their attempt to bring Anne's internal emotions to the external world but I just mm-hmm. I did not view Anne that way on my reading of the novel I felt like she was supposed to be really composed even when she's internally freaking out and so I felt like mm-hmm. the way that they were trying to get across her internal panic was all through this like external shaking and I didn't love that take again I think that was a director choice uh just wasn't my favorite okay one mind-blowing image of a soaking wet, shaking chihuahua just having a panic attack. That was beautiful. Now that I've recovered <laughs> from that, and just I'm sorry, needed laughter explosion. Um, I completely agree with you. I I think Anne is supposed to be a bit more composed than what we saw on the screen. I do think that like your description uh they were trying to portray that like uh, deep emotion that she has inside on the Mm -hmm. outside because we're not reading it and like we have to see it but it it looked weird it wasn't my favorite um obviously some of that is director choice and actress choice you know um Otherwise, I think she did pretty well. Um, but yeah, not I. I I'm gonna withhold a lot of judgment because this is the first persuasion that we've watched. But I don't know. I think this is gonna be a hard one to act with. Getting all of the emotions out that are happening in her head without it being crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a difficult task to undertake. Well, and part of what bothers me so much and the reason I was talking about maybe wanting more emotion is at the end, and maybe it's not more emotion, I guess it's just different emotion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is what you're saying, like, we do just get this kind of, like, shaky, super nervous, uncomfortable person, and she's like that, but that's not really the way that it is described in the book. 
Um, she does get overwhelmed by her emotions at some points, but that's not really the way that it comes out. So I, I just, I just felt like there was a lot lacking in Anne. I wanted to see her as being a, being more herself. And I don't, I almost feel like Anne didn't get that much screen time. Mm. Like she definitely did, but you kind of walk away and you're like, okay. And, and why was Captain Wentworth in love with her? Mm-hmm. Cause I just don't think that we got the time that we needed to with them. That was, that's my personal feelings. A lot of her on screen time was silent as well. Yeah. Which was an interesting choice with as short of a movie as this was and as long as the source material is. So I I think that they were really relying on those journal scenes and those like looks to camera to help us get to know Anne's character. I personally didn't feel like that did what I wanted it to do. Again, I think she did a lot really well, though. I think that her relationship with Captain Wentworth, some of the tension they had in the scenes they had just the two of them, uh, it was it was really good. The mm-hmm. the heartbreak in a lot of scenes, uh, I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I I think that the way they characterize Anne in this movie was just I I didn't feel like it was super accurate. Yeah, definitely. I will say there is one scene that sticks out as being particularly memorable because I do feel like she was best at portraying those heartbreaking moments. Mm -hmm. And the scene that really stands out is when she has heard that um, Louisa is engaged Mm -hmm. and she just assumes that Louisa is engaged to Captain Wentworth. And then um, the Crofts come and they are visiting Bath. And they're talking all about the engagement and the wedding. And then all of the sudden, they just kind of like casually mention that Louisa is marrying Binnick instead of, and and you hear, like you see Anne process that he's, she's marrying Binnick and not Wentworth. Mm-hmm. And you see it on her face. I loved that scene. Yeah. I thought she did a really good job of portraying those emotions there. And so that makes me think that if, if what she had to work with was a little bit different, that she would have been a really good Anne. Yeah, absolutely. So we can't talk about Anne without talking about our leading man, right? Captain Frederick Wentworth. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say his full name every time because I just love the way it sounds. <laughs> Similar to Captain Frederick Wentworth, we have a uh, a gentleman with a three names <laughs> portraying him. Rupert Henry Jones portrays Captain Frederick Wentworth in this adaptation. He has been in quite a few British TV shows, including a TV miniseries the last weekend. He portrayed Ollie in MI5. He portrayed Adam Adam Carter. He was also in an adaptation of Jane Eyre, similar to his co-star, the TV movie in 1997, he portrayed St. John Rivers. And more recently, he portrayed Blake in the TV series, The Lucky Man. Uh, So that's just a few of the TV series that Rupert Penry Jones has worked on recently. What did you all think of his portrayal of Captain Frederick Wentworth? I liked him. I thought he did a good job. 
again, I think one of the things that this movie did really well is the chemistry between Anne Wentworth. I think mm-hmm. that that is very good and very intense. And I do like the reactions that we see from him, like when he sees Anne for the first time, um, some of the things towards the end of the movie when he starts to realize that she also cares for him. Mm-hmm. I do think that this character and this actor were done a disservice by the way that the end of the film was so rushed. Yeah. I think that that is the time that Wentworth really shines is all of the moments that we get with him and with Anne. Um, and instead this time we got some more like brief hurried scenes that were like background information. Like in, in the book, we don't have a scene where he's talking to Captain Harville and he finds out that Benick is engaged to Louisa we don't see any of that background stuff. Um, I could have done without that. And mm-hmm. I would have preferred the time on the other side of things. Um, the time where he is in Bath with Anne. So I, I think that I missed out on that because I just, I do get why he's in love with her, but I also don't get why he's in love with her. Mm-hmm. It, it, that, that's a really tough part of this movie for me. Is just not giving those two characters enough time together. You feel the the passion and the romance towards the end, but the it doesn't build up in the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Beth. A lot of the content that they cut out uh, in the movie, they cut a lot out from the end. They also cut out a lot of the upper cross interactions. There's so much more that happens where you get to see Captain Frederick Wentworth's personality really shine as he talks to the Musgrove family. Uh, There's so many more moments between him and Anne that just kind of had to be skipped over. But the things I did really miss the most were at the end there. And it was really interesting. They made some choices to add scenes, like Beth was saying, uh, that weren't in the book um, and change some scenes that were to make room for the scenes they added if that makes sense like captain wentworth gets up in the middle of the uh concert in bath and storms out of the room which was just very awkward uh so they they did that scene uh, i don't know it was it was very weird and the way that that actor portrayed the character earlier on in the film i did kind of like i felt like he was amiable and friendly and charming occasionally he would say things that were directed at Anne that he doesn't actually say in front of her uh which I didn't love that because I felt like that made him look a little bit slimier than he actually is um but I did think that with the script that this actor was given I thought he did a great job I did again I thought he was charming Uh, I thought that they played it well his relationship with Louisa, where you could believe that he wasn't actually in love with her, but you saw why other people would think he was, if that makes yeah. sense. So I, I thought I did like that. Yeah. So I thought he did that well. And I thought his pining uh, struck a really nice balance between, oh, this man's clearly pining, very in love, and he's still confident, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I liked him. Um, I liked, you know, most of the acting choices. Um, 
And I also agree that some things that were added to the script were just not not great um, and definitely did not shed a good light. I mean, basically all of my opinions you've already stated, uh, so I won't restate them. Uh, but I think if things might have been written a little differently, this could have been an even better performance, you know. Anne and Frederick are really the shining stars of this novel. But were there any other characters who stood out to you personally? I did want to mention Mr. William Elliot, the younger Mr. Elliot, who is portrayed by Tobias Menzies, who you may know from The Crown. Amazing. He plays Prince Philip. Uh, wow. I thought Tobias Menzies as Mr. Elliot was a really interesting choice. I thought he did a great job, though, because that man, just like his face, you could see the sleaze. Uh, so I, I thought he did a great job. And he had this one particular <laughs> moment with Anne that they actually added. It was like they were promenading in a a large building of some kind. I'm not sure what was going on there. But he was talking to Anne and telling her, hey, I think Mrs. Clay is going after your dad. And then he, at the end of the scene kisses her hand for a very extended period of time and I was like man I hate this guy <laughs> yeah he was the definition of a sleazeball it was kind of gross I cannot believe I did not realize who he was oh my gosh you didn't no I spent so long <laughs> we were watching and I kept saying like he looks so familiar he looks so familiar and I'm always the first person to like look people up and I just and you didn't. And I didn't. And it's because Ben kept saying he's from Game of Thrones, to which I kept saying oh. I have never seen Game of Thrones. Bang! You gotta know she's thinking about the Crown. Yes, it's exactly what it was. And he has never seen the Crown, so he wouldn't know. Oh, shame to point that out. Because he instead this time was the one to look it up instead of me. Mm. But I found uh, Mary to be particularly mm -hmm. annoying. And Ben even reminded me that she's kind of like, um, gosh, like Emma's sister in, in, uh, in Emma, like kind of like that mm, hypochondriac. The oh, yes. The nervous energy, like something is always wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She really annoyed me in this one. So I just had to say, I felt like this portrayal, she was I felt like she was the element of comedy that they did bring over and kind of maintain the comedic element of her character. I did think it was a little over the top. She was a little annoying, but she's she is supposed to be annoying. So, you know, I, I guess that fits. But I felt like she was the perfect mix of three Austin characters. This particular portrayal. Mr. Woodhouse. Hit me. Mrs. Bennett. Okay. And Mrs. Mm -hmm. Bates. The constant oh. talking was 100%. It felt yeah. so Mrs. Bates to me. Uh, so just what a perfect storm of a character. <laughs> Truly. What a combination. Mm -hmm. Just like the complete lack of self-awareness on her part was one of the main things that I noticed. It, the secondhand embarrassment, man, was real. Speaking of secondhand embarrassment... <laughs> um. How about we talk about some of these book-to-movie inaccuracies? Mm. Because there were some big moments mm -hmm. of, uh, yikes, yeah. what happened here? Like, um, can we talk about 
Anne just running through the streets after Captain Wentworth? What 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 was that about? Gosh, that was really, unnecessary. They really butchered the ending to this one. Honestly, her like, running what in the world. Her running through the streets is, is such a perfect representation of them rushing through the end of that book. I just have to say, yes. there's like four, five scenes combined into one single scene at least, while she's mm-hmm. sprinting the whole time. I also thought it was so weird because Captain Wentworth, she's chasing after him, and he goes to like three different houses. And she misses him at each house. And I'm like, how are you getting your no. business done so quickly? He walks <laughs> out the door less than 30 seconds before she did. And yet he somehow has already arrived at home, made other plans, wrote her a letter, and then departed from his home before she arrives there. Absolute there's insanity. Just, there's just no way. Time doesn't work like that. Yeah. And. It was very annoying. <laughs> it is a little convoluted in the book. Like, she's in one place. She ends up yeah. going somewhere else. She bumps into him there. She finds out this information. Like, I'll give it that to you. But it, it is nothing like this. Like, they rushed yeah. it along so badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing that was different from the book, if I may add. This was such a minor detail, but I, I was shocked by it. As we all know, Mary's son dislocates his collarbone and Anne nurses him back to health. In the film, Anne is there to help him. She also pops his collarbone back into socket for him. And I was like, yes, she just like walks up to him and just like pop. And I was like, bruh, no. (laughs) So strange. Now. She is truly a nurse. <laughs> One of the other things that happened in the ending was we hear from um, Harriet, like the sickly friend. That conversation happens while Anne is on her way to find Wentworth. And she drops this bomb that Mr. Elliot is indeed courting Anne. But he's also courting Mrs. Clay and wants her to be his <laughs> mistress. I was like, what in the world? I mean, because yes, Mrs. Clay and Mr. Elliot like do end up together but that is that is not why add in the mistress tagline there yeah like why so weird out of everything that that was just like completely unnecessary I was also like why are you making your sick friend sprint through the street with you (laughs) (laughs) like have pity on her poor soul Mm. Also, stop sprinting through the streets. You look wild. And this may be the only other, like, significant difference. And it's just that the Musgroves, they didn't lose a son yeah. um, like they did in the book. And so their tie to Captain Wentworth is, like, more ambiguous. It's it's not as clear. Um, because in the book, they want to meet him because he was the captain of the ship that their son was on. Uh, and they don't have that tie in this adaptation so now that we've discussed all of these very uh interesting choices that this film has made and uh some great and slash debatable acting choices that were made tell me ladies what were your make it or break it's I think that my make it was the chemistry between Captain Wentworth and Anne. I really, really liked it. I think 
he is an attractive uh, Captain Whitworth. He is an attractive gentleman. Yes, I think so. And so I really did enjoy that. But it almost wasn't worth it to me because of how bad the ending was. I would have just really liked to see their relationship blossom more towards the end when they're like getting to talk to each other and she's really putting herself out there and showing him that she cares about him. She keeps placing, placing herself in these situations where she's going to get to talk to him more, where she makes it clear about her feelings and we lose pretty much all of that in this adaptation. So that did make me sad, but I did like the scene at the very, very end where he like blindfolds her and says, I wanted to show you your wedding present. And then he's like, bought her this beautiful house. I did think that was very cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically my, my make it and break it, they're both kind of tied up in their relationship. What about you, Lori? I think that my break it would have to be the sprinting through the streets addition uh, that, we got in this adaptation I just I can't even with how ambiguous it is in the book of her getting to one location or the other I just don't see Anne as um, someone who would break that much decorum (laughs) and just go sprinting through the streets after a man who yes wrote you a very lovely letter but you know like uh, that's your husband's not dying or something like that, you know. So I I just I don't like that. That kind of made me go, what the heck? And the filming in that scene too is pretty bad. My make it, uh, I think, would be hearing the letter read for the first time. Captain Wentworth's letter. I did quite enjoy hearing that. Um, I am a romantic at heart. And heartfelt declarations of love make me sappy. So... I quite loved it. Julia, what about you? I have an egregious break it. Oh my gosh. Egregious. <laughs> it is a very specific moment. Oh, we've got source material pulled out here too. Mm-hmm. It actually immediately follows my make it, which is when Anne and Captain Wentworth, when she finally accepts his proposal uh, on the street, it is a very adorable moment. She's crying. It's, it's beautiful. The emotions are all there. It's amazing. I loved that moment. I thought it was kind of a great reconciliation moment and very sweet. The break it immediately follows that moment and is their kiss because there is just the longest kiss lead up of all time. As I said, he's significantly taller than her. So for like... I would say at least a full minute and a half. She is slowly reaching up and there's about an inch between their mouths and the whole time her lips quivering. And it is so weird. And it made me so uncomfortable. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I want you to kiss anymore. That's how I felt during that scene. Hi. So (laughs) I did not love that. As I mentioned, I also didn't love the looks to camera and then my final third mini break it was a very weird moment at the beginning of the film. It starts as Anne is walking through <laughs> Kellynch Hall, kind of taking inventory of some of their belongings. There is Why? a maid standing in the corner of a room holding a bottle of ink 
and Anne walks through the room, dips her quill pen in the ink, and then keeps walking. And I was like, you mean to tell me that you have a maid whose job is to stand in the corner and hold your ink in this room that you just so happened to walk into while we're following you around the whole house? So that also was a small break at the beginning of the film. I thought that was so weird. So like, weird. We, we noticed that too. And I was like, this is insane. What was that? So, since I have three make-its, I do have two, <laughs> or since I have uh, three break-its, I do have two make-its. Again, the acceptance of the proposal, I thought it was adorable. And also just Captain Wentworth's character. I I did, even though there were some things that I had problems with, I loved the portrayal. Uh, I just loved seeing him in action. So his character was definitely a make it for me. So Lori, who would you date from this adaptation? Well, uh, I think my choice is pretty obvious. (laughs) It's going to be that very handsome Captain Wentworth. Mm. Of course. I mean, just a solid choice all around. He does somehow do the uh, 2005 Darcy thing, too, where just as the film keeps going, he gets a little more attractive. I don't know (laughs) if that's just my imagination or what, but it it somehow worked. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely felt that way, too. I feel like Anne also. Yeah. That happens with her. Yeah. I also did love her brother-in-law, Charles, in this adaptation, too, most of the time. I thought his personality was really cute, but I totally agree. Captain Wentworth all the way. Okay, Lori, now that you've told us who you would choose to date, why don't you tell us about your uh, sparkling black cherry water? Is that what you were Yes. Is that uh, what you were drinking? I'm drinking Waterloo brand. Oh, yes, of um, course. Which, how very British of me. Um, Waterloo <laughs> oh sparkling gosh. water, black cherry flavored. Um, I personally, this is my favorite black, non-alcoholic black cherry uh, seltzer water. It's like the perfect balance of bubbles to flavor ratio where it's not too bubbly, but there's like actually carbonation there. And there's a decent amount of flavor. If there was just a bit more flavor, I would be over the moon. But um, I have yet to find that in a non-alcoholic sparkling water. So, Mm -hmm. Julia, what about you? How is your dirty chai? My dirty chai was very tasty. I love the combo of like the the spiced tea and the coffee flavors Mm -hmm. together. I just think it's so good. It's like in my mind, kind of the the best of both worlds. If you're going to go the chai latte route to add that little kick of the espresso, I will say I did forget to ask for an alternative milk. Ooh. And oh my god, that's I not am... good for you. Nope. So I I think that is my note. Try your local coffee shop's dirty chai if you're a person who likes lattes and chai. I think it's a great option. Uh, do remember to request alternative milk if you need it. <laughs> I.e., if Gosh. you're lactose intolerant, don't get lactose in your milk. That sounds like a novice move. Mm, yeah. Well, I I didn't want to throw anyone under the bus. I did not actually 
order this. Someone else ordered it on my behalf who will remain nameless. Oh, no. He. 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 Yeah. Will remain nameless. <laughs> he, he. Well, my sh- my Shiraz was excellent. Really enjoyed it. Um, I have been on a big white wine kick. The so this red wine. wine. Yeah, this red wine is, I don't know. It's just not my favorite anymore. It has like a, the aftertaste is different. The bite is different. I just am not as big of a fan as I used to be. Mm. Um, it is a good one though. I would recommend it. I think it was like $4. So for $4, you really can't go yeah. wrong, truly, with some wine. Uh, I also would be remiss if I did not mention, and and you guys are going to, you're going to want to really listen in for this one. Oh, should I be concerned? <laughs> I, earlier this evening, several hours ago, a couple hours ago, enjoyed uh, a new a new house wine. <gasps> oh what? My Wait, gosh. Elizabeth, what have you consumed I, without me? <laughs> and I know it has been some time since we have mentioned house wine on the podcast, but I am here tonight to bring it. Back. Bring back the house wine. So my mom was so sweet and she she brought me this like a, a couple months ago, but uh, I've been holding out like waiting for the right time to enjoy it because she just brought me one and it is a house wine frozen wine cocktail. You found them? Ooh. Oh my gosh, your mom found them? Yep, the rosé frosé. Okay. That's the flavor, rosé frosé. And it oh is gosh. absolutely delicious. That is I would highly recommend. Uh, so it's it's basically just like the rosé. Frozen. But frozen. Mm. And in a pouch. I so, am so ready. It was very good. I'm going to, not immediately, but I'm going to text your mother. And I'm going <laughs> to ask where she found that. Because I, y'all, this is how much I love house wine. I have looked on their website at shipping it to myself. Buying it direct and shipping it, it's way too expensive. I don't have that kind of money. House wine, please sponsor us. Uh, so I have searched all the different liquor stores, package stores, whatever you call them in your country, but I cannot find them. So I am very intrigued as to where your mom found this. It's probably at Publix. I was just about to say that. Probably Publix. I think that's where my yeah, mom does. Your mom shops at Publix. Most of her lot. shopping. So I, yeah, I would, I would very much recommend it. I've been waiting for like a day that I got really hot so that yep. I could enjoy it, which that didn't happen today. It was like <laughs> rainy and overcast, but it just felt right. Hmm. It felt right. So I, I think it was great. It was a little bit hard to eat. I'd recommend taking out of the freezer and letting it sit for a little bit okay. before you enjoyed it, but it was delightful. Ah, so glad we've I'm finally so... reviewed that on the podcast. My gosh. Right? It has been way too long since we've talked about housewife. To... We, we've been failing. To quote Lizzo, it was about dang time. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to say, uh, while housewine has been lacking on the pod, it has never been lacking in my fridge. Oh my gosh. Oh, it is always there. I oh, always no. buy at least two whenever I go to the store because I love it so much. Wow. Uh, my budget has said 
<laughs> heck, heck no. Nah. <laughs> heck no. Nah. Also, my like four bottles of Trader Joe's wine that I bought three months ago <laughs> have really been sustaining me. Okay, well, now that we have discussed our drinks, finally talked about house wine again. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks to everyone for listening in. It was really fun um, to just like jump right back in to talking about adaptations uh, and talking about this 2007 Pride and Prejudice. Please, if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And you can also give us a rating on Spotify. Um, We really appreciate that. It means a lot. And then you can also follow us on Instagram. We are at Sips and Sensibility Pod. And you can like our Facebook page. We are Sips and Sensibility. Okay, so next time we are going to be watching a divisive adaptation. We are going to be watching the 2022 Persuasion. This brand new Netflix adaptation is going to be available July 15th. We are so excited to talk about this with y'all. And until then, just keep sipping. <laughs>